This is Culture A Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we'll deep dive on the good and the bad with Middle East HR and talent experts on their challenges, strategies, and success stories to inspire your own journey. Listen in and get ready to unlock potential and drive results with Culture A. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on Culture A today. I have with me Omar Bahloud, who is a very special guest. He's an experienced HR professional with a very strong background in both government relations and the cultural and tourism sectors. Now, I'm having him on my show because I really wanted to provide my listeners insights into the unique challenges and opportunities that come with HR roles within these pivotal industries. And additionally, I mean, his emphasis on things like amortization, on talent acquisition and stakeholder management within these industries really helps to offer a very rich perspective on HR practices in the Middle East. So thank you so much, Omar, for joining me today. Thank you so much, Sarah, for the invitation. And thank you so much for the introduction. Of course. I'm going to hand it over to you for a second. Maybe you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and how your HR journey evolved. Yes, definitely. So I had a very interesting journey. I've studied in University of Dubai. My major was banking and finance. So I was luckily to work in banking sector and I had several roles in there that came into operation, finance and business development and sales. And from there, I decided to, to change my career. And this is what happened in the crisis in 2008. And I said, you know what, let me change to a more suitable and sustainable roles rather than and change the whole industry. And this is where I've decided to jump into human resources. And it wasn't easy to shift, you know, from the banking industry and have no knowledge about HR and then jump into HR. So I started with the basic roles, the common ones, you know, the admin, PRO, the normal, the normal administrative stuff. I've worked for a family group in Dubai. And after that, I stayed there for a couple of years. I've learned the fundamentals of payroll. I've learned the fundamentals of how to apply for visas, health insurances, how to negotiate prices, you know. And in a couple of years, I had an opportunity to work for a recruitment agency in Dubai. And this is where I started my role in talent acquisition from a consultancy perspective. So this is where I've learned a lot of the insights of the consultancy base. After learning all of the secrets of the business, I was able to find, I was actually headhunted by a government entity in Sharjah. And it was a destination management entity, one of the biggest in Sharjah that's used to deal with tourism and have a lot of destinations in Sharjah. And this is where I've supported them in growing their manpower. I've supported them in increasing and enhancing the employer value proposition and employer branding. We supported them in establishing new entities, and that was actually a fun, a fun time where I've learned a lot about tourism and destination and destinations on how to run, such as theme parks, water parks, you know, uh, hotels, restaurants, FMB, and that was a real challenge and a real enjoyment that took me to a real new place. After there, luckily, I was also headhunted by the Department of Culture and Tourism for a similar role in talent acquisition. And it was a continuation or, of, of where I was, but that the new role was on a bigger magnitude. And, uh, this is where I am. 
It's so funny because you your story has similarities with so many people that I talk to. You don't really actively seek going into HR. Sometimes it finds you, and specifically with recruitment, you you ended up going into an agency role. That's it, your journey started the same as mine. I I wasn't looking for it. I got contacted by a recruitment agency, and that's how I kind of entered into the field. And I ended up staying in it for seventeen years. So it's it's so funny how that happens, and you you end yeah. up building this mega career from it. It's amazing. So you're currently working at the Department of Culture and Tourism for Abu Dhabi. Super interesting. I mean, I can only imagine the number of projects you probably have up your sleeve. So it's it's incredible to see what you're a part of. The the industry, though, uh, the sectors have very unique challenges. Okay. And I want to know from you, like, how do you feel that HR practices in, in this specific sector really differs from like a traditional corporate environment? Are there specific nuances, let's say, or that, that impact how you do things in HR? So we need to understand first, what's the role of the entity? And from there, we need, after understanding what's the direction, then we would be able to dissect and know where are we aiming. A lot of people mistaken the role of the department as, as, as an executioner. The role of the department here the major, the main, the main role or the main aim is to increase the footfall or increase the tourism that comes into the Emirates of Abu Dhabi. The Department of Culture and Tourism works with its stakeholders to enhance the image of Abu Dhabi and to make sure that it's it's the destination of choice. And this is where our role comes, that we need to understand initially what does our stakeholder require and us as a department, how can we facilitate or how can we support our stakeholders to attract? So we work with so many other government entities, such as Mirad. We work with the Department of Transport. We work with the with Etihad the Airways. These are all our, our partners. This would be one side of it. Now, another part is we have several projects that are under our umbrella, such as all the libraries in Abu Dhabi. We have the Louvre is also one project under us. We have Qasr al-Hassan, Qasr al-Watan. These projects all resemble Abu Dhabi and they represent the culture of Abu Dhabi. So we have two sides of it. One is attracting tourists to Abu Dhabi. The other side is showcasing the, the culture of Abu Dhabi and the image of Abu Dhabi to the tourists and eventually to the world. Us being in HR, we do have definitely challenges because we're not we're not purely corporate, but we're a mix of a corporate culture and a tourism culture that we need to cater these two things. So we try our level best to balance between those two things. Us being a government entities, we do have our rules and regulations, but yet we always aim to enhance and be able to meet up and co-op with the changes that are happening now in, in, in the current market. I have to say, I mean, look, I obviously I don't come from the from the industry, right? So my knowledge is super, super limited. But I have been based in the UAE for 27 years, living in Dubai. Obviously, have visited Abu Dhabi many, many times. Uh, and and from, from that perspective, one thing I can say is that regardless of how attractive the UAE has become from a tourist perspective, Abu Dhabi's always managed to maintain that feeling of its culture. And you feel it the minute that you enter it. It's it's so it's strange. I don't know how 
how they've done it. It's amazing that they've done it, but you really do feel a difference when you go into Abu Dhabi and it feels very like family and comforting and warm and traditional. And I like that, you know, so I can understand how you like, how you partner to try and make that happen. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Let's talk about amortization for a second. This is obviously, it's a huge, huge topic. And it's a topic that I've covered on one of my previous podcast episodes with, with someone from, with the global director people from Kutopi. And obviously it's a topic that, that kind of pops up in every conversation. So I don't want to go too deep into amortization because we can talk about it forever. But um, I do want to touch on it. It's, it's obviously a significant initiative in, uh, in the UAE. How would you say that this plays out in the cultural and tourism sectors when you're trying to balance local talent with like the international nature of, of tourism as an industry? Yes. So today we play a big role in amortization, especially in the tourism sector. Now, we have several programs. And eventually, as I said earlier, as we project the the soul of the city, we eventually support showcasing the local flavor of the city. And this is where we develop several initiatives that support the entrance of UAE nationals into the tourism industry. One of them is the Khabrati program, which is a part-time program that aims to support the UAE nationals entering into the hotel industry. So this is where we partner up with the hoteliers in Abu Dhabi and we give them the support to and to, to attract UAE nationals on a part-time basis. And after they graduate, they do have a full-time job within the private sector. Another part is we develop the, we have a program called the 360 Emirati program. We provide the Emirati youth with an opportunity to be trained and to build their skills in the tourism sector and in the hospitality sector. And we start at an early stage where we try and build these skills in them that would support them after some time. And we prepare and build the tool, the, the pool to increase the amount of UAE nationals available in that sector. A third initiative is a tourism youth summer camp. And this is also, we aim the young generation to participate in these summer camps to get trained, get to know the city, get to know what's there on the other side and how do the tourists come and see the city. And this is where we this is where we build a relationship with the UAE nationals and tell them, this is your city and this is your home. How would you showcase the city and your home to a visitor that is coming from abroad and doesn't know about the culture? So all these steps has been taken into consideration to enlarge the amount of UAE nationals entering into the market. And this is where the more the pool that we have, the better chances and opportunity that these talents are there on the market and we can absorb them on a later stage. So we start early and once these candidates are ready, they get absorbed. These initiatives are very, very interesting, really interesting. And I love that. I love the approach because it's creating like a pathway for these individuals. It's not only skilling and then upskilling, but it's actually giving them direct exposure, training on the job. It's like rotation. They get they really get an in-depth understanding. It's really great. And I can see that they, they're going to be hugely successful. It'll be interesting 
down the line for us to reconnect so I can know, like, it would be nice to hear about like retention, how that's worked, how they're contributing, you know, that'll be really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that insight. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the reverse because we, we spoke about amortization. So we're talking about obviously the local community and how you're embedding them in the workforce. Let's talk about the expat community and how you're embedding them. With Abu Dhabi being a global tourist destination, how do you ensure that it's employees, especially those that do have diverse backgrounds are culturally trained and they're onboarded to really represent the Emirates authentically, you know, like externally. How, how, are they, how are they trained to represent appropriately? Now, we do have a very good program currently implemented in the uh, department. We, it, it starts all at an early stage. Basically, when we aim to attract talented people that are specialized in culture or in tourism, we always look to have people that are within the industry. So the only part that is left is to make sure that these employees are actually on track and they are aware of what are the laws and regulations of the country and what are the process and procedure for them to come and onboard. So it's it's like taking a hand of that person from the day that they get interviewed from the day that they receive an offer until the day that they join. And it doesn't end the day that they join, but it's a continuous cycle. It makes sure that these people stay because today these employees are not simply a corporate workers. These are our ambassadors. So we make sure that these people are trained. We take them on site tours that they see and understand the city. They see and they feel the soul of the city. And this is where they understand what are there, what are what they see, and they become our ambassadors. And this is where they understand what are the what are there, what's the culture, how is it, what's the habits. And they fully understand and they integrate and eventually they become one of part of the culture that they become a spokesperson of the culture and they know how to represent us. And this is where we, it it's helps and support us in retaining them in the end. That's, that's super interesting. And it's great to see that you have a, a whole onboarding program dedicated to it because I'm sure it, it benefits you, right? So, okay, let's talk about the nature of the tourism sector in general is, is something that's seasonal. I'm assuming that you see, you can see high turnover rates because of the seasonality. Can you share strategies that you feel or you have found they're, they're, they're quite effective in retaining talent and ensuring that there's this continuity in service despite uh, the nature of the industry? Now, I would segregate it into two parts. The first part is the roles that are front-facing and there are the corporate roles. Now, the seasonality comes not with the corporate roles that comes with the ground-facing customer roles, you know. And this is where, yes, you will find definitely a high turnover due to the nature of work. We always tend to put programs to support the growth of the employees. And we always take the initiatives to train, draw their career path. We always take care of their well-being. We make sure that... These employees are being trained and up to the up to the skills and are able to handle all the situations. So it's not the employee is being hired and sits there for years and years at the same place. But no, today we draw their career path. We draw their line. Today you might start small with us, but by the end of XYZ, you'll eventually reach up to this position. And we work definitely on how to enhance their skills, how to enhance their potential, what's the growth, what do they expect, and what do we expect out of them. And it works fine because they can see 
Where do they grow? Where are they aiming? So if that works for them, you'll see a fully dedicated employee that is there to build and there to produce and there to be able to give his 100% potential. I mean, this is what you've described as a really intricate retention program. If this is something that a lot of organizations are able to offer their employees, I can guarantee you we would see attrition drop across the board because giving someone visibility on potential career paths based on their skill set and what they could upskill themselves in and informing them of what that career path looks like once they've input whatever X is that they need to. is It's like a guarantee. It's written for them. They just need to, and they know what they need to do to work hard at it to get there, which is amazing. And you really don't exactly. see that in other organizations, you know? So that's, that's, that's incredible. That's true. There are so many other programs, rewarding programs that have been initiated, a pointing system where you can earn points from projects and from other peers and other managers that they can evaluate you and give you points. And these points can be simply, can simply redeemed, whether you can use it as cash, vouchers, experiences. The list is so big that, you know, it motivates you to stay there and it motivates you to even produce more and engage with your surrounding even more. Right. It's an incentive program and that's amazing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this point system, I'm so interested (laughs) to hear more about it. I would love to hear like the ins and outs. That's really cool and a very good way to motivate your your staff. Do you know roughly like how big of a, how big is the employee population? Do you know? Roughly 2,000 employees. Well, okay, so you're operating this on a large scale. It's not it's easier to operate when it's a small when it's yeah, smaller. Yeah, so okay. True. Okay, very cool. Thank you for that insight. Okay, I have two more questions for you and then I'll I'll wrap it up, I promise. We touched on the seasonality of the of the industry, but one thing also that will impact uh, tourism is I guess you could put it as global events like uh, COVID-19 is a, is an example, okay, of, of yes. something that will impact. How would you say HR in the tourism sector prepares like now that we've been through it once, how do you prepare for such a crisis and are equipped to respond to something like that? I'll tell you a, a funny story that happened to us. And this showed how well prepared we were, especially when COVID was there. There was a program in 2019 where we have introduced MS Teams. And it wasn't that much spread by that time before. And we were the initial, one of the pioneer companies that have introduced MS Teams to there. And we made sure that this has been integrated into the system and we started utilizing ensuring that our employees are aware of that system. And by the end of 2019 and early of 2020, the whole organization was equipped with MS Teams. And the moment that the pandemic happened, the utilization of the system was 100%. And we did not feel the impact of, of COVID because we were ready equipped with that technology. And this is where it supported us that, you know, we work on initiatives and programs earlier. We keep ourselves up in the market and we see what are the latest technologies available there that can support us to overcome any any issues. And definitely business continuity is one of the most important things that we have here. So that was one of the key pillars that we had, and it really made a big impact on the organization. So this is one of the things that made sure that we continue. In terms of human resources, we were able to hire the right caliber of people that were able to work on several projects. And I'll tell you one project that was launched in the middle of 2020 
which was the UFC championship. Although there was lockdown across the world, Abu Dhabi was lucky and was able to release the UFC championship in the middle of crisis. And, you know, with the support of human resources, we were able to hire people, attract people, and we were able to get the right people to execute these jobs. And definitely the support of the team was there. And it's one of the biggest events that are happening here in the Emirates of Abu Dhabi. And this is where it showed that once we attract the right people, the right calibers, we are able to execute anything, no matter what is the situation is out there in the market or whatever crisis that we can face. So as long as you have the right people, the right tools, you're able to be there. And this really shows you that how strong the role of HR is in the organization. Because once you hire the right person for the right job, you make sure these people make sure that the entity reaches its goal and eventually reach the target and achieve the strategy. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that's come up in in some of my previous discussions is that COVID not only aggressively pushed everyone to move into more of this like digital, let's say, work style, but it also helped to showcase the value of the HR department. Because prior to COVID, people didn't really have the right perception of what HR as a department did. It wasn't seen as something that was strategic. It wasn't seen as a seen as a, a partnership. Instead, it was very much perceived as something executionary or operational. And within COVID, everyone looked to their HR teams like, okay, now what do we do? <laughs> how do we manage our, our workforce? How do we drive results? How do we push, you know, how do we engage them? What do we do for motivation? You know, how do we retain them? And then, of course, there was obviously a lot of attrition that happened for a lot of organizations as well. So we became these like partners that the business leaders uh, relied on. And, and and we saw that shift as well. So it's it's nice to see that, you know, there is that value, of course, in people. I believe that as well myself. But as you said, hiring the right people can help drive business forward, regardless of the situation that you're in. Exactly. Super interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And we're, we were we were one of the lucky entities that we maintained the whole workforce without releasing anyone out because we were able to manage internally on how to restructure and how to fully utilize the workforce. And thank God we were able to utilize, we were able to motivate our people. We draw the line to them and we were able to showcase and tell them that, okay, today we're here in a new time we would be executing these initiatives. A lot of people are there and enjoying their work. And if they don't feel comfortable that we offer them other roles to try out. And it, it was it was good initiative that we made people rotate and check right. other roles and how can they benefit and how, how that they can see what our other departments are doing. So we've opened the rotation part and that That's helped amazing. us. That's yes. amazing. And it, it also, it helps an employee, right? To to gain exposure outside of just their area and helps them to see, you know, what it, what could they possibly be interested in or maybe not what they're interested in, but how does something else work outside of my world? You know, it's important because they always impact each other. That's true. Because what happens is when, when COVID hit, you'll find few departments that went less pressure and other departments went more pressurized. And this is where we started rotating people and say, okay, the load is more on this area. So let's shift people from this to that. Okay, who would be interested to move and try something new? The rotation have built, have worked so well. The employee is not simply dedicated for a single role. 
me as an employee, I might be stuck in one place that I don't know what other departments or my colleagues are doing there. So that rotation have given me an exposure to understand the other side, what they're doing. And this eventually helps me out to understand the strategy of the whole department, the strategy of the organization, and where are we heading? And how can I, when I return back to my place, how can I enhance my role to support achieving the vision and the mission of the entity? That's a really good point, actually. Okay, last question. I ask this question to everybody that that, uh, joins me on Culture A. What would your top piece of advice be, okay, for HR professionals who are just starting out their career and HR professionals that are very seasoned? What would your advice be for each of them? I would always say that you need to understand what does the business need. And eventually the HR is there and the HR role is way bigger than what other people think. So As a person who just entered there, my advice is keep it there, work on enhancing your skills and try to see which area of HR actually suits you and make sure that you enjoy your work in HR because every single step you do affects the organization. That's a good one. And as a seasonal HR, my advice is uh, stay up to date and make sure that you have a fingerprint in each project that is there in the company and make sure that you are an advisor to the stakeholders and management because human resources is the backbone of every company. If the HR is well prepared and is structured well, the whole organization would be would eventually fall in line and eventually work out. So your role is one of the most important roles in the entity. And thank you so much, Owen. Thank you so much for Good joining job. me today and for you know giving your time to, number one, help me understand the sector a little bit more. And number two, just share a little bit about tips and what you're doing and your, your journey so far. I, I really appreciate it. It's been a really nice conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I wish you all the best. Thank you. For those of you who are listening in today, please like, share, and subscribe to Culture A. If you have any questions for myself, for Omar, feel free to ping them over and we'll definitely get back to you. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you so much, everybody. And thank you again, Omar. Thank you.